10 minutes past 12. This is the Midday Live on SAFM. We go to Limpopo now where the ANC there has dissolved three of its five regions. Peter Mokaba, Mopane and Sukukuna regions have been disbanded and uh, Waterberg and uh, Bembe regions will be placed under administration. The party's provincial task team spokesperson Sila Ledicha says that the branches demanded the disbandment of the regions because the leaders were sowing divisions ahead of the Mangaung conference. Let's speak now to our reporter Ramperi Sefara. Good afternoon to you. Afternoon, uh, afternoon to the listeners. Just give us a bit of uh, a quick background uh, to, to this story. It happened uh, many months ago before the, Mangaung, the ANC Mangaung conference. What, what were the issues there and why have we got this decision today? Well, prior to Mangaung, there was a division uh, who should lead, lead the ANC, either Khalma Matante or uh, uh, President Jacob Zuma. And what happened is that uh, prior to that, the PEC, the Provincial Executive Council, uh, held its meeting and it took a decision that uh, it will support Khanwa uh, Matante uh, as the new leader of the ANC. And uh, it um, urged or it said to the, to the uh, branches and regions that uh, they should also follow suit. And that is where the problem uh, lied, because some of the branches and the regions refused, more especially the branches, because the, the regions were taking cue from the uh, provincial executive council, and uh, the branches refused. And those uh, branches which uh, didn't uh, tow the line were allegedly, you know, uh, victimized. There were uh, there were problems of no uh, meetings; they could not go to the uh, elective conference and so on. That is where the problem lied, and. Um, Thereafter, after Mangaung, we found that um, the National Working Council of the National Working Committee of the ANC, now what it did, it uh, disbanded the PEC and appointed the PTT, the Provincial uh, Tax Team. And uh, that is a provincial task team which went to the branches because the branches uh, said that um, these RECs, this regional executive council, were to the line of the PEC. That we see, we see that is why I think that um, they must be disbanded. Mm. So today that announcement announcement was made officially. Yes, the announcement, uh, the, 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 the regions uh, or the RECs were called yesterday in the evening and they were informed and the announcement was made official. What is happening now at 12 o'clock in these three regions is that uh, the leaders of the PTT have divided themselves into the regions to appoint what you call the RTT, the regional uh, task team, which will run the regions in preparing them, them for the regional uh, conferences which will be held either in October or November. All right, so, but those branches that have been disbanded really will view uh, uh, this as, uh, as uh, being purged, as, uh, as purging. Yes, what is the, what are disbanded are the regions. Yes, you are right that uh, I think that they'll be viewed as being patched because uh, they were supporting a, a political one political leader which was not appointed. And uh, apart from that, you found that the leader of uh, the PTT you know, is the person who was on the other side who was supporting uh, Jacob Zuma. And if the decision this decision is taken, I think uh, you are right uh, when you say that uh, they will be viewed as a for not supporting uh, Juma as the leader of the ANC prior to Mangaung. Uh, and quickly, uh, Ramperi, what, what has been the, the, the reaction all around, really from political, from the ANC itself there, from the regions, but also from uh, analysts, from everyone who is watching this? 
We have talked to the analyst Elvis Masura, who said, yes, uh, they, they, they must be paging, but uh, he said that uh, these three regions which have been uh, paged, or let's say which have been disbanded, we see that um, the Titamukawa region is under Lawrence Mapolo, the um, Sikukuna region is also under David Marave, and uh, Joshua, uh, Joshua Mako is the leader of uh, the Mopano region. What is happening is this, that uh, these people were the close allies of, uh, or are still the close allies of Castle Matale. We remember during uh, Malam Fayal, Joshua Mako was addressing the, the crowd just before uh, they should go to the provincial, uh, what we call the elective conference, uh, the nomination conference. Uh, they, they, they started at court and um, that uh, delayed uh, the, the start of uh, the nomination conference because they went to Malema's uh, court. Okay. Then uh, Joshua Mako, who is the leader also, uh, was addressing the crowd. All right, uh, we thank you very much, Rampiro Sefara, our reporter in Limpopo. Let's go now to uh, Molobeheng Sabidi, our reporter here in Johannesburg. As Somali nationals uh, are leaving Dipslow Township, north of Johannesburg, under police escort after their shops were looted, they have fled to places of safety but have vowed to return as soon as calm has been restored. Uh, Molobeheng, just uh, talk us through what is happening at the moment. The situation, please just uh, explain it for us. Good afternoon, Bongi. What is currently happening right now in uh, Deep Slot is that uh, all the Somali-owned shops have been closed. They are vacant. They have taken all the stock out of their shops, and they had to do this in the watchful eye of the police members because as they're trying to take the stock out of the shops into their vans, that gave opportunity to residents to then um, intimidate and harm them and even take their stock. At the moment, it looks like the, the black-owned shops are, are, are booming, We've been doing a tour around um, the township and actually speaking to the other black-owned shops, which were lived unharmed, and they are not complaining about the business that they are receiving since Sunday when the Somali shops were closed. Since then, but uh, there's been violence flaring up in uh, Deep Sluot. It, it's at the back of uh, uh, police arresting 45 suspects for public violence, housebreaking, and possession of unlicensed firearms, but also uh, after two people were killed there. That is true, Bongi. Uh, this all transpired on Sunday night when a band member was promoting his music in front of the Somali shop who wasn't impressed about the level of the noise. After an argument broke out, there didn't seem to be an understanding. Then after that, uh, the, the shop owner produced a firearm and shot randomly. Community members say that this is not necessarily uh, a place of uh, xenophobia. It is not an incident of xenophobia because they are simply reacting to that which happened. Even if the uh, the shop owner was not Somalian but had killed people, they would still not be in prison. They would still be protesting. I suppose the looting is just something that happened as a reaction of the fact that it was a Somali national who killed the two people. But uh, let, let's talk about uh, violence right now, but also the, the, the calmness in the area. Is it because of the police presence? Do you have enough police in your view uh, to, to police the, the, the whole of uh, Deep Slot? The police presence is now bongi, but however, it doesn't seem to be enough to sustain the angry residents. Right now, it appears to be very calm because they have managed to evacuate most, if not all, of the Somali uh, shop owners. Um, um, the word on the ground, though, is that um, a task team is being formed and will meet again later. It will be comprised of uh, community members, leaders, and other members of government who will come to Deep Slot a little bit later to enforce law and, I suppose, restore calm in the area. 
All right, uh, we thank you very much. Uh, that's uh, our reporter there, uh, Mohamed uh, Rada Molebokheng Sabidi, on uh, that issue. Let's uh, talk now to Abdullah Hassan, uh, and of course Abdullah Hassan uh, for his reaction. Uh, he is uh, with the Gauteng, he's the Gauteng chairperson of the Somalia Association of uh, South Africa. Mr. Hassan, good afternoon to you. Afternoon to you, how are you, gentlemen? I'm fine, thank you very much. Uh, what do you make of all this that is going on in Deep Slot and in the Val? Uh, as far as I'm concerned and the organization is concerned, we think uh, it is, uh, it is uh, the violence that has been going on in the name of service delivery, some of them. And this was a uh, criminality. I think uh, uh, what happened in this flute was that uh, the gentleman who was armed and uh, there was an attempted robbery, I think that's just normal and it happened every place. But subsequently what happened was very uncalled for. Mm. Very uncalled for on the side of the gentleman who shot dead the two uh, uh, um, residents of Dipsluot or uh, uncalled for the, the, the reaction after that action? The reaction after the action. But what about the, 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 the root cause of this? This was uh, criminality. I mean, that was, uh, it has happened and, uh, you know, the, that, the law has to take its course with that. Mm. I think that, 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 that itself uh, was not, uh, it's not right for somebody to shoot uh, people. But uh, in any case, we, can, we don't condone such behavior. But it, it impacts on, 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 your, on your business, really, because now uh, the, yeah. the, the Somali nationals have had to, to shut uh, their businesses in Dipslot. We saw what's uh, happening in the Val and there are many other places across, across the country. Really, this must be hurting you as, a, as a foreign nationals in South Africa. Uh, definitely it does, but uh, look, gentlemen, I think uh, it starts from somewhere and uh, it affects everybody, even the South African and non-South African. Mm. Uh, but uh, I think uh, what we need to address at the moment is, first is what, whatever that happens, whoever does. I'm not sure if this, if this was a South African person who shot the other people, how would the reaction be? Would it be the same? Of which I don't think it mm. would have been the same. So... Uh, I think this has to be, there must be some talk to the public, and in that we also go back ourselves to, our, to the drawing board and address to our, our, our people. Do you think it's, uh, it's still safe for you here in South Africa? It has never been safe, and uh, I won't say it's safe. Uh, in any case, it's not safe for anybody. Hmm. Are you of uh, a view maybe that uh, you, perhaps you need to move your businesses elsewhere, maybe other uh, parts of Africa? I'm not exactly sure, but I think uh, this we don't have uh, a consensus at the moment, but I think we'll have to sit down uh, at some stage and then decide where we forward. As the leadership, have you spoken to government? Have you engaged authorities about this? On, yes, we do engage with the government, and uh, in a, on an everyday, uh, day-to-day, uh, we do meet them and talk to them. But uh, what we what we receive is they are willing from the side of the government to deal with this. But uh, the implementation, you know, the word and the talking could be so good, but these things to be implemented, it's not also it, it, it does not go forward. So uh, the will is there. Okay. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying it. 
All right, uh, thank you very much uh, to Abdullah Hassan. We hope to talk to you soon about this as well, just to get an update on your side. Uh, he is the Gauteng Chairperson of the Somalia Association of South Africa. It's 21 and a half minutes past 12. Our top story this hour, government has condemned the xenophobic attacks against foreign nationals in certain areas of Gauteng and the Val. Looking at the markets at this hour, gold is trading at $1,380.55 an ounce, platinum at $1,448.50 an ounce, the rand is trading at 9 rand 72 cents against the US dollar, at 14 rand 68 to the pound, and at 12 rand 57 cents to the euro. Seven million children in South Africa go to school every day without shoes. Join Flipper Friday movement in partnership with SAFA. Let's make a difference to a soul this winter by wearing a pair of flip-flops on Friday the 31st of May 2013. Purchasing a pair of flip-flops will afford an underprivileged child to own a pair of school shoes. To join the movement, go to www.flipflopfridaymovement.co.za. The World Bank and the Department of Science and Technology are proud to bring you the fifth Global Forum on Innovation and Technology Entrepreneurship. This cutting-edge and interactive event for entrepreneurs, innovators, inventors, and policymakers will be held at the East London ICC from the 28th to the 30th of May 2013. For more information, visit www.globalforum.co.za. The Standard Bank Jazz Festival kicks off in Grahamstown on the 27th of June. SAFM is proud once again to be the official radio partner. Join us for 10 days of amazing jazz and blues, featuring Mikasa, Esavan Naidu, and dozens more local and international jazz superstars. Also featuring the 2013 Young Artist Award winner for jazz, Shane Cooper. SAFM will be there to bring you some amazing performances and keep you in the loop with all the backstage action. But there's nothing quite like being there, so book now at CompuTicket and head to Grahamstown for the Standard Bank Jazz Festival. 24 minutes past 12. This is Midday Live on SAFM. We welcome your SMSs 34701. I'll be reading some of your SMSs. In fact, let me go to this one. The aim of a Somalian is to destroy destroy the South African economy. Their prices are knowing that they are not paying tax from uh, this one, okay, I can't make up the name there. From uh, Brian Kumalo in Peter Maritzburg, I had lost confidence uh, from NPA since uh, Tatane's murders got off uh, the hook. NPA is so good when chasing black people and uh, confiscate their assets. That's uh, Brian uh, in uh, Peter Maritzburg. This one is from uh, Advocate Ian Pasele, Marushane uh, in Limpopo. If there is uh, no evidence, there is nothing the prosecutor uh, can do there. Coming from uh, Advocate Ian Pasele about to NPA losing some of uh, the high-profile cases. Let's talk now to our economics reporter, Dimaka Solishuru. The issue really is that growth in South Africa's economy slowed to 0.9% in the first three months of uh, 2013, compared to 2.1% in the last quarter of uh, 2012. This is below market expectation of around 2.4% uh, in the first quarter. Briefing the media and sent in today, statistician General Padi Lihotla says the financial and real estate sectors were the biggest contributors to growth. Let's uh, now say good afternoon to you, uh, Dimakat. So uh, help me understand here. We're saying the economy slowed to 0.9%, not by 0.9%. Am I hearing right? 
It's it's close by zero point nine percent. Okay, so it's not to zero point nine percent because really that no, figure no, was no. is really frightening. All right, so so help us understand uh, what does this then mean to the uh, the economy of the country. I mean, Bonnie, even the fact that it grew by 0.9%, it should be concerning. If you look at uh, the last quarter of last year, the last three months of 2012, we had a growth of 2.1%. Hence, we, we're using, you know, it, it's sort of, it's growth, but it's, it's muted, you know, uh, it's slightly negative in that, you know, we've lost from where we, we were in the last quarter of, uh, two, two point, uh, of, of 2012, rather. It, it, it is a source for concern. I mean, the Statistician General uh, was speaking about the issue of jobs, that it will have huge implications on that because once the economy goes down, uh, jobs uh, tend to follow. You saw the uh, job figures that came out, I think, last month, that they were very low. And uh, he says, basically, uh, where we are right now in terms of jobs, we've got uh, 13.6 million jobs in uh, 2013, and this uh, given the figures that comes in terms of economic activity are expected to drop. And this is, uh, you know, largely due, due to uh, consumers being under strain. As you know, the economy has been driven uh, largely by consumer spending, consumption. But now a lot of consumers are, you know, largely indebted, can, uh, you know, are not able to service their debts as a result of buying more. So that has implications for the economy. Mm. But we see here the, the, the finance, uh, talking about uh, many South Africans being deep in the red, the finance sector and the real estate sectors were, were some of the sectors really that show up the economy. Yeah, they, they did grow, but I mean, you, you might put that into context because they grew by, uh, you know, uh, 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 what, 0.7 percentage points each. You know, so that's even less than a percent. Do you know what I mean? So even though there is growth, but it, it's very muted. You know, it, it's, it's very slow. Mining grew by the same 0.7%, uh, uh, 0.7, yes, indeed. And uh, um, manufacturing, which has been the largest, the second largest contributor to our GDP, it, it, it had a negative growth. It didn't grow at all. It dropped by 1.2%. Hmm. So, so it's 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 easy for for one to say, well, the country's uh, uh, global outlook, the international outlook of the country, really is contributing to this. But I, I think I'm looking for 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 the specifics that came out from from the statistician general to say this and this and this sector and these problems contributed to the uh, economy slowing down uh, by 0.9 percent. What did he say? You know, Bonnie, you, you, you're not going to get anything specific because, I mean, you know, we, we normally talk about this and there's, there's nothing at the moment that is, is being done to address it, the issue of the EU. Uh, the EU, even though our economy has dropped by a ninth of a percent, it, 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 it is in a recession. They've dropped by 0.9%. So we are the opposite of our biggest uh, key trade partners. So that, that has major implications. I mean, you and I have spoken before about this, mm. the weakness of the rent. You would think that, you know, manufacturers or exporters will be able to take advantage of, of the weakness of the rent because it makes, them, it makes them more competitive. But because the global economy is, is not where it was prior to 2008, you can't take advantage of that because there's no one who's willing to buy what you have to produce. I mean, if you look at mineral um, resources, they've dropped largely a huge drop. I mean, we saw the PMI figures also coming out uh, last week also hovering around 50, you know, not, not, not stable, in a contraction. So um, I, I'd like to give you something and say mm-hmm. <laughs> the reason mm-hmm. why, but, uh, you know, consumption is very low, mm. basically.
it, it yeah. can't it can't be all doom and gloom really where, where do we look for hope at least at, at times like this look it's, it's not doom and gloom in that at least there is some growth even though it's very muted you know there is growth uh, like i said you know if you compare us to 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 the eu for example we are growing but mm. we're not growing obviously at the same rate as china we're not growing at the same rate as brazil which are our big partners you know if if you look even at uh, you know our, our, our gdp it's very minute compared to theirs do you know what i mean so mm. even though you know we are not where we want to be and it, we are lower than the fourth the fourth quarter of 2012 at least there is some growth. We're not in, in a contraction. We thank you very much uh, for uh, really enlightening us. Yes. Uh, there, our economics reporter on uh, uh, the growth in South Africa's economy slowing to zero or rather by 0.9% uh, in the first uh, three months of uh, 2013. This compared to 2.1% in the last quarter of uh, 2012. 12.30 now. And it's time for the news headlines again. We say good afternoon to us. Sandra Matsavnyan. Thank you very much, uh, Nancy. Coming through to us now from uh, our Auckland Park uh, in Johannesburg on the sixth floor there. Uh, we are on TV side and uh, she is uh, across at radio side. It takes a village to raise a child. That is uh, the normal approach in many African cultures to the issue of uh, orphaned and vulnerable children. And uh, of course, uh, in many cases, uh, when a child loses both parents, uh, there are some members of uh, the extended family who make the decision to step in and take on parenting responsibilities. For Child Protection Week today, we look into the proper placement of children with families through adoption of foster care, providing permanent home and stability to children. Let's talk now to the senior lecturer at the Vets University's Department of Social Work, Sili Tabane. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Right. When, when, when parents uh, pass on and uh, they, we have a child there who has just lost both parents, really the extended family is, is, the, is the way to go according to really our culture. There's nothing signed particularly in the, in the cultures of, uh, of, of our people, many of our people. Is that the right way to do it? Well, um, I would say yes because we'd love to see children growing up in their own communities where they are familiar with the context. And yes, we do have extended families. And talking about uh, orphaned and vulnerable children these days due to the AIDS epidemic, mm. we all know that it has created more than 2 million orphans in South Africa only. And the consequences of this is that these children are often socially isolated and deprived of basic social services. And I think it's very important for us as a nation to know what do we do, what is it that we need to do when we come across children who are orphaned and vulnerable. For example, it's very important to create awareness about these children in our communities that the reality is that they are there. Mm. We do have children who we need either... uh, uh, make sure through foster care they are with their extended families or with other family members in the community who are uh, fit to take care of them or through adoption. But we know adoption takes a long time. It's a yes. long process. But do, do we even have uh, statistics uh, uh, on often and vulnerable children who end up being adopted by uh, members of, of their families? Um, I don't have the statistics at the moment. 
But what I can confirm is that we do have over a million orphans mm. in South Africa. And most of them are, or are not in uh, foster placements. They are not in uh, with adoptive families. They yeah. are in our communities. With with other cultures, I know it's not uh, so much of a problem. But uh, we we do we take for granted that uh, if I pass on, maybe uh, both of us and my wife uh, pass on, and we leave our children, my family will take care of that. Or do we need to even reduce it uh, on paper, uh, black and white, and say if I pass on, or if both of us pass on, so and so should take care of my of my children. It's very important, especially talking about social workers. You've mentioned that I've come from the social work department at Vets University. It's important for us as social workers to create awareness in our communities about these children and say to uh, our communities, you need to formalize Mm. the placements. If you don't formalize the placement, it's very important for, for, for communities to... To, to, to help these children, you know, basic needs, access food, shelter, and clothing. If you don't formalize these, and when I talk about for, formalizing, it's from simple things of getting grants. These children, at times, um, the parents pass on, they don't even have birth certificates. Mm. So it's important to, to, to make sure that they have documents like birth certificates. And I'm glad to hear that when children are born these days in South Africa, you know, they will have access to an ID number. That makes it much, much easier. You cannot get a grant without welfare grants or other related services if you don't have an ID document mm. or a, a, a birth certificate. But, uh, uh, Dr. Daman, it's interesting that uh, when, when, when that child uh, is, is, is doing well, the, the, the entire family and extended family claims it, but uh, when, when there's a problem, if it's a problematic child, no one wants to associate themselves with that. Yes, it's still the responsibility of us as parents. It's our responsibility as community to, 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 to make sure that these children are not vulnerable. Social workers are there to assess the children, uh, whether the children are vulnerable to abuse. We have to make sure that these children are safe from all forms of abuse and neglect. We start with things like that. We have to make sure that they stay in school. They have access to social welfare grants. They have access to food and shelter, food, shelter and clothing. But most important is that we need to help to them to develop a sense of belonging and purpose in life. Once you have a child who's, who has a sense of belonging and purpose in life, it's, it's chances of, of getting to a point where you don't even want to see that child because they are naughty are very slim. All right, uh, we thank you very much, uh, uh, Dr. Sili Tabane, uh, Senior Lecturer at uh, Vets University's Department of uh, Social Work. We go back to uh, our top story. The Eguruleni Municipality has offered to help with uh, the burial of the alleged victims of a 14-year-old teenager of uh, the Etwa informal settlement near Davidson in Eguruleni. The teenager allegedly hacked four family members to death with an axe. It's reported that uh, the boy started by saying an unusual 
prayer before midnight on Thursday. The family members include the grandmother, the mother and uh, two siblings. We'll be talking to our uh, reporter right now, Edwin Sidi, but uh, he spoke to someone claiming to be a former Satanist who has now left the religion. This thing is very huge. And it's there. And which is, many people don't believe it. it's there because of whoever. But for me, in my experience, I did a lot of things, but certain things. I want to kill people, drink people's blood. Then whatever you need, you'll get it. If you need a job, money, you need to be fancy, you just praise the certain. So tell me, is it like sort of a religion, a place where you meet or yeah. how does it work? It's a group of, it's a group of people. We've got a master, as in like our Lord, who gives us instructions. They tell us what to do. They give you a list. They give you address. They give you everything. that you have to sacrifice now. All you have to do is to just murder somebody, kill somebody drink somebody's blood, then everything is going to be okay. There you have it, uh, the so-called uh, uh, former Satanist uh, speaking to our reporter, Edwin C.D. Uh, he's on the line, Edwin. Good afternoon to you. Yeah, I, I suspected the line really was uh, was not too good, which is why we didn't speak to him earlier on as we started the show. We hope to get him back on the line. Uh, just for him to talk us through uh, doing this interview, of course, with uh, together with uh, SABC TV, but also uh, really this afternoon talking to uh, the leader uh, of, uh, of uh, the Satanist Church and uh, claiming that uh, really they don't go around uh, killing people. That's uh, what we are hearing. But you heard from uh, uh, that uh, person that uh, Edwin spoke to earlier on claiming that uh, they, they drink blood, they, they go around killing people, they get instructions to do that. Edwin, I think is back on the line. Good afternoon to you, Edwin. No, Edwin is not back on the line yet. It's uh, 18 minutes to one. The World Bank and the Department of Science and Technology are proud to bring you the fifth global forum on innovation and technology entrepreneurship. This cutting-edge and interactive event for entrepreneurs, innovators, inventors and policymakers will be held at the East London ICC from the 28th to the 30th of May 2013. For more information, visit www.globalforum.co.za. This Thursday on SABC3. Hi, I'm Dali Tambo. Watch me and my wife and family on Top Billion, South Africa's top show. And catch me as I have a bake-off for the one and only master baker, Eric Landlid. I'm Danny Kay. And I'm Mrs. Kay. And they're taking a walk on the wild side. Then, the gorgeous Miss USA is coming home. And of course, Jonathan from Top Billing gets the exclusive interview. Thursday, 8.30 p.m. only on SABC3. Join NetBank and SAFM in keeping others warm this winter. Support the NetBank SAFM winter campaign by donating a minimum amount of 50 rands into the winter campaign account at a NetBank branch. Or contribute 20 rands by SMSing the word WINTER to 40017. For more information on the campaign, visit netbank.co.za. Make things happen. NetBank. In partnership with SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, bringing warmth this winter. 
Let's uh, read uh, some of uh, your SMSs uh, quickly. Uh, here, this one says the aim of uh, Somalians is to destroy the South African economy. It's unsigned. And this one says uh, I have uh, requested Brian's number. Okay. Uh, this one says President Mugabe insulted our icon, uh, President Mr. Mandela. Why should we, as South Africa taxpayers, provide finances for him to be re-elected for two by ad- additional terms? That's Jack Dollar there. This one uh, from Stay in Natal says Bongi doesn't look good. Why NPA is not concerned that losing cases has become their surnames. Uh, if this was a football NPA, would have been relegated by now. Coming through from Stain Guazun Natal. Elliot in Vetbank uh, says the uh, ironic foreign nationals are taking other foreign nationals in the townships of South Africa. And this one says the state need to provide funds to secure the safety of South African children instead of providing tax monies for the re election of Mugabe. That's uh, Peter Beretta there. And uh, this one says that xenophobic attacks is uh, driven by. One thing, Ugulamba, those people who attack our African brothers, I call them Izilambi. Uh, they disgrace us. That's uh, Brian Kumalo there. Coming from uh, uh, Sishiko, the township of Sishiko in uh, Limpopo, uh, Ian Matikoto uh, says uh, South Africans are a truly troubled lot of people. They simply uh, don't know what it means to be African. Xenophobia must be made a crime. All right, uh, the... After just more than three years, a presidential review committee has released a more than 200-page report on the review of state-owned entities. There are currently more than 700 such entities, some of which have similar functions and could be rationalized in order to improve service delivery. Yanni van Rensburg filed this report for us. The presidential review committee was established to review state-owned entities which include enterprises such as ESCOM, SAA, Transnet, and constitutionally created bodies such as the Public Protector, the Human Rights Commission, the Auditor General, and the Electoral Commission. Altogether, some 715 entities exist, serving various commercial and non-commercial objectives at different spheres of government. The Minister in the Presidency for Performance Monitoring and Evaluation, Collins Chabane, says while these SOEs play a crucial role in service delivery, some are faced with significant weaknesses. The report contains recommendations on the entities to be reshaped and made relevant to the developmental needs of the country. More specifically, the recommendations seek to ensure that the SOEs are modernized and are positioned to be efficient and effective in accelerating the country's growth and developmental aspirations. Shabani says it is possible that some of the functions performed by the SOEs can easily be taken over by the departments themselves. Especially in areas where it's not, a, it's not of a commercial nature, uh, those functions. So that is what the recommendations say. So it is possible that as we go along, as we begin to assess each and every entity, you may come to a conclusion that the function which is being performed or part of the functions being performed by this entity, you can as well disestablish it and ensure that the departments are responsible carry out the function as if it is own commanded. The report recommends that commercial entities be centralized under one executive authority. Developmental finance institutions should similarly be under one roof rather than scattered all over the show. As cabinet begin to implement and look at all these issues, it will then make decisions as, as it moves along, which one goes where, which one goes where, which one could remain where, and that's how it's going to be implemented. 
the Minister in the Presidency for Performance Monitoring and Evaluation, Collins Shabane, ending that report by Yanni van Roensberg. With that, we go to the dealing room and we say good afternoon to Mpo Moroy of Sasfin Securities. Mpo, how are we trading after the release of a lower-than-expected second-quarter GDP figures? Uh, good afternoon, Bongi. Our market is trading higher with uh, the rent. The main feature is it's uh, weaker against all major currencies on the back of uh, those lower-than-expected GDP figures. Markets are also better in Europe, where the foot is up uh, 1.65%, DEX up 1.2%, and the CAC 40 is 1.5% better. Back to the JSC, we've got the gold index down 1%, resource index up 0.14%, industrial index up 1.2%, financial index up 0.6%. The overall market is up 298 points, or 0.72 of a percent, to 41,730 points. Any big movers today? Uh, on the upside, we've got Netcare up 3.3 percent to 23 rands and 65 cents. Telcom up 3.2 percent to 13 rands and 49 cents. Coronation Fund Managers up 2.9 percent to 65 rands. City Lodge up 2.8 percent to 123 rands and 38 cents. Richmond up 2.6 percent to 91 rands and 52 cents. On the downside, we've got Kuro Holdings down 5 percent to 18 rands and 90 cents. Adcorp down 2.9 percent to 38 rands and 85 cents. Gold sales down 2.15 percent to 55 rands and 19 cents. Uranium one down 1.4 percent to 25 rands and 10 cents. And lastly, PSG down 1.2 percent to 62 rands and 40 cents. And uh, your latest market indicators? The gold price is currently quoted at $1,381.60 an ounce. Platinum $1,449.20 a fine ounce. Brent crude $104.10 per barrel. The government R157 is trading at euro 5.24%. And now to our currencies, the rent to the dollar is at 9 rands and 72 cents. The rent to the euro is at 12 rands and 56 cents. The rent to the pound is at 14 rands and 68 cents. Back to Bongi. We thank you very much, and Paul Moray of Sasfin Securities. It's a ten to one. Just a one a tweet here coming through at Gualabi News and at SAFM Midday Live, uh, coming from uh, Mbuzeni, saying that uh, the NPA is losing because of not following proper channels of investigation. They lose most of uh, their cases before it goes to court. That's Mbuzeni there at uh, Mapwali. And uh, of course, uh, going to uh, this very interesting story here coming through from uh, our Kenya correspondent Sarah Kimani, South Africa. Has has pledged to support the establishment of an African Capacity for Immediate Response Force, uh, which will respond to crises on the continent fast. The force will be formed as uh, countries through their various regional blocs prepare to form the African Standby Brigade. President Jacob Zuma says the crisis in Mali and uh, most recently in the Central African Republic could have been avoided if such a force was in place. Sarah Kiman reports. The African Standby Brigade is here to take place. The deadline for the formation of the brigade that would be able to step in and save countries in time of conflict was postponed to 2015. But the African Union Commission says there is need for the establishment of an African rapid response capacity to crisis on the continent. Dr. Lamini Zuma is the chairperson of the commission. Because it's important that Africa is able to, where necessary, where there are emergencies, is able to react and respond quickly. So that was also an issue that was looked at. But of course, peace and security issues generally 
were also discussed. President Jacob Zuma says South Africa will lead the cause. The proposal is in response to the ongoing challenges of peace and security that undermine democratically elected governments. Zuma again. As the chair said, we need volunteers. Let them volunteer. And I think South Africa has. Angola has. Uganda has. Chad has. Niger has. Many. So we are saying we are offering ourselves to begin to deal with these matters now. The proposed African capability is an interim measure pending the formation of the African Standby Force and its rapid deployment capability. The African capability will be built on the principles of the African Standby Force. Zuma, again. What would have happened to Mali, Niger, perhaps Central African Republic or whatever? What would have happened to them? Where is the spirit that we are talking about that let us do things in a different way as the continent? Let us address things that undermine our efforts to develop the, the continent. If, for an example, you are looking at economic development in the continent of Africa, you are talking about infrastructure, every other thing. If there is instability, how are you going to do that? Impossible. You can't. South Africa's proposal has been adopted as a decision of the summit. Sarah Kimani, SBC News, Ethiopia. Further afield, the EU foreign ministers say they will not renew the union's arms embargo on Syria, but added that there is no immediate plan to send arms to the opposition. The BBC's Susanna Matonsa filed this report. The violence continues every day in Syria. These pictures from opposition activists, which can't be independently verified, appear to show the city of Homs under fire while in Brussels, the EU was having talks that led to this. The European Union has agreed to bring to an end the arms embargo uh, on the Syrian opposition uh, and to maintain other sanctions on Syria, all the other existing sanctions on the Syrian regime. Uh, this is the outcome that the United Kingdom wanted. After the EU meeting, the Swedish foreign minister, whose country is among those worried that weapons may get into the wrong hands, called for caution. I think it's extremely important not to do anything to rock the boat. That BBC, that report rather by the BBC's uh, Susanna Madonsa. My name is Ashraf Garda, and I'm one of the ambassadors of the Shake the World Millennium Bracelet campaign, which aims to raise social awareness of the eighth Millennium Development Goals set by the United Nations in the year 2000. Now, all the goals are equally important and interlinked. But the ones closest to my heart are Goal 2, which is achieve universal primary education, and Goal 4, which is reduce child mortality. Education, as you know, empowers you, and it should give you economic freedom, which should then reduce the number of child deaths. Now, by wearing these colorful beaded bracelets, I'm pledging my support and commitment to helping my country achieve the MDGs through active citizenship. That's how I'm shaking the world. How do you shake the world? This is SAFM. Please join me, Richard Mwamba, this May as we celebrate 50 years of post-independence African music. The African Connection with Richard Mwamba on SAFM every Saturday afternoon from 1 to 3.
It is still not clear whether the Marikana Commission of Inquiry will be sitting on Monday next week. The Commission's time comes to an end on Friday. Uh, the Commission Chairperson, Richard Judge Ian Fallam, says he is still waiting for a word from the Office of the President as uh, they have already applied for another extension. Fallam says that there are some witnesses who still have to testify at the Commission. A concern was raised on the side of the legal representatives, saying they are unable to prepare for next week. Itumenen Khajano reports. The Commission time ends on Friday this week. It was extended in January. Falam also says he will announce his ruling on the application for the commission to be moved to Pretoria. He says he was supposed to meet with Justice Minister Jeff Khadebe to discuss extension of commission time. Lonmin lawyer Skull Beggar has asked Falam to ensure that information is disseminated as to what will happen in the following week. He says he does not know whether he has to prepare for the following week due to mystery surrounding the extension of the commission. Beggar has also urged the Commission to communicate with all the legal representatives regarding the order of witnesses who are due to testify after National Police Commissioner Ria Piera. Meanwhile, Dalimpofa, representing the wounded and arrested non-mean minors, has reassured Falam that he and his team have a great respect for the Commission. This, after he had a heated argument yesterday with Falam, accusing him of suggesting answers to Piera. The Commission is probing the events which led to the killing of 34 non-mean minors who were in an unprotected strike. Other 10 people, including two police officers and two security officers, had been killed in a preceding week. Legal representatives are due to discuss what the Commission will be doing tomorrow. It has just emerged that Pierre will not be able to attend the hearings tomorrow due to the other commitments. Itumere Nkajane, SABC News, Rastenberg. And I just two SMSs here saying midday live, there's something bizarre going on in this country and it's not Satanism. That's Mark in Neisner. And Zola says, when was Mbegi given the honor African of the Year in Nigeria? Was it uh, in the news? Well, I guess we have to check it out for you, Zola. And uh, let's look back at uh, our top stories this hour. Somali nationals have left Dipslot Township north of Johannesburg under police escort after their shops were looted. Our reporter is uh, Molabukheng Sabidi. Right now it appears to be very calm because they have managed to evacuate most, if not all, of the Somali uh, shop owners. Um, the word on the ground, though, is that um, a task team is being formed the spokesperson for the Somali uh, Association of South Africa, Abdul Hassan, says what happened in Dipslot and Orange Farm is uh, uncalled for. The spokesperson of Somalia Association of South Africa is Abdul Hassan. If this was a South African person who shot the other people, how would the reaction be? Would it be the same? Of which I don't think it hmm. would have been the same. Do you think it's, uh, it's still safe for you here in South Africa? It has never been safe. Uh, in any case, it's not safe for anybody. Well, there you have it. It's a minute before we say bye-bye here on Midday Live on SFM. Let me thank the team uh, who put it all together. Uh, it's uh, Mandy Samtelu uh, on the uh, buttons there, putting everything together, making all the calls and making sure that we get all our guests on the line, except for Edwin City today, who is really still uh, trying to talk uh, to uh, the Satanist leader there. Uh, so we hope to have that package uh, tomorrow. But also thanks to Stagazelo Lamini and uh, Mabubuluka. 
Our technical producer this afternoon is uh, Mark Prela. Our senior producer, of course, is Normalism Mandela. Acting chief uh, producer is uh, Butsi Lukoto. And uh, our executive producers are Obrisechie and uh, Busichane. My name is Bongi Kwala. It was great having you with us here on Midday Live. Nancy Richards is up here in Johannesburg on the sixth floor at uh, SAFM Studios. And, of course, uh, she's on between one and two with Otherwise and Ashraf Gada between uh, two and four. There is a PM Live coming through courtesy of uh, Tepiso Makwetla and Tashan between 4 and 6 and uh, of course we shall catch you again tomorrow between 12 and 1 enjoy the rest of your listening on SAFM bye bye